Have your fantasy teams been struggling this year? Or perhaps you've been doing pretty well but want to put yourself over the top? Then make sure to visit our friends over at Finish First Fantasy Advisors. They are the premier one-on-one consulting firm that specializes in providing you with expert support to help guide you to the championship. You will be matched with one of their expert advisors to provide you with the season-long insight for your redraft, dynasty, or DFS formats. Their advisors will contact you weekly to answer all of your questions and provide you the needed information to get to the next level. Set up a free 15-minute consultation by emailing them at info at finishfirstfantasy.com or by visiting them at www.finishfirstfantasy.com. That's www.finishfirstfantasy.com. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Skull King Sports Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Ryan Skullrud. I am your host. And with me again tonight, Mr. C.J. Krause. Go ahead and say hi. What's going on, guys? All right. So um, this next episode that we are doing is a this is kind of a rough episode because there's a lot of injuries and the waiver wire is horrible. I don't think there's a better way to put it. I like your honesty on that. <laughs> we, we were try- chatting before this, and we we're like trying to fight for names. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we're going through the list of trying to figure out, you know, what are the best options for 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 picking up on the waiver wire, and we're, I mean, we're searching, we're digging, because the list we got from Fantasy Pros wasn't all that great either. So, um, so we will, uh, we're gonna go over, like I said, we're gonna go over a bunch of the news notes, then we're going to hit up the waiver wire list for you guys. And hopefully one of the guys that we can suggest for you will be good enough for you to maybe be able to do something with this next week. Uh, it helps that some really good teams are coming off of bye <laughs> this week. Yeah. I had I had one team that was missing DeAndre Hopkins, Terry McLaurin, and David Johnson all this week. That was rough. Week 8 originally had the most buys before the uh, schedule reshuffle, the biggest thing. So like some of the leagues, the like super flex leagues I was doing, like if I fell behind on the quarterback or I wanted to wait on quarterback, I would try to match week eight to just take one buy between my two quarterbacks. So week eight was definitely the bipocalypse originally, and then something shuffled around. But it doesn't mean top tier players didn't miss the week that we all yeah. probably wish we had. All right. So let's go ahead and we shall get started with today's headlines. Today's headlines. All right, so let's go ahead and look at, with the headlines today, we're just going to start it off from the top on sleeper. Packers linebacker Kamal Martin and running back Jamal Williams are considered close contacts for running back A.J. Dillon, who tested positive for COVID-19. Both did not practice today, and the league is determining if they are high-risk close contacts. So we've got Aaron Jones that's still nursing that calf injury. You have AJ Dillon who has now been test who has now tested positive for COVID. Jamal Williams considered a close contact, so we're looking at Tyler Irvin and pulling up Dexter Williams off of the off the practice squad. Yeah, that's pretty much what we're looking at this week. Um they're still determining whether those players will be able to play based on the protocol they put in the place. But if they are put at high risk, it's a five day minimum waiting period for that reason, which they play early this week. They play the Thursday night game. So that'll put them automatically out. So something to be looking out for. Um, 
what I'm thinking about, what do you, what would you do if the players were ruled out versus that San Francisco defense? Would you try to maybe pick up a Tyler Irvin or deep dive on Dexter Williams or, uh, I would maybe go with Tyler Irvin. Um, again, and, and based on my lineups, I only have one, maybe one team where I would actually consider even thinking about starting him at all or even having him in my lineup. It would be more of a pick him up if I've got the space to keep someone else from getting him. That's that's I mean, that's kind of, that's kind of where I'm at with that room, even against even against this San Francisco defense that I, DJ Dallas was able to, to get a, a fair amount of production off of them. Um, didn't run for a whole lot of yards, but was able to catch a couple passes out of the backfield um, and had a couple of very opportunistic touchdowns. So, yeah, and that's what I'm pretty much looking at for this one is if, can we get a pass catch running back or is just Aaron Rodgers just going to throw more passes to Devontae Adams and just Pepper was already 12 plus 15 um, targets per game. Yeah, I, I'm honestly I think that's more likely where you go. Um, so I th- I think I think it's more likely going to be more in the pass game, and who knows, maybe Robert Tanyan will you know for the second week in a row get more than four targets, or three targets I think is what it is. So it's still burning you a little bit, isn't it? That he did well this week. That he actually got six. He got what six or seven targets for the first time all season. I think he got the targets whenever um, Adams was out. This is the first time he got When Adams was out, he had four targets, five targets, and six targets. Three targets, five targets, and six targets. Okay, well, he still had six before, is all I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, According to sources, 49ers star tight end George Kittle has a small fracture in his foot that was revealed while doing further testing and will miss extended time. You have a little bit more, CJ, on I think that you saw on what's going on with this. Yeah, I was on um, basically fantasy Twitter looking at everything. It seems to be that it's been reported about an eight-week miss that he's going to have with that. So pretty much ends of the season, or at least ends the fantasy season that we're looking forward with that one. Um, the biggest takeaway is that um, Jordan Reed has been activated. Um, doesn't mean he's going to play, though. He's in his 21-day window. So at this point, Ross Dwelly is the safe bet to be the tight end that's going to be used for San Francisco. Once again, they're on a short week. So we're trying to figure out um, the usability of it with that one along with the other injury I'm sure we're going to talk about here in a second. Yeah, I think that Ross, Ross Dwelly is, is one of those guys that I think the only time I ever I ever actually used Ross Dwelly when there was an injury for um, for George Kittle. Because it's happened a couple times over the last couple of years. The only time I ever used Ross Dwelly was last year against Arizona because Arizona was giving up you know a touchdown a week to tight ends. Um, and this, and, and this, this week is not necessarily that kind of a matchup going up against, you know, Green Bay, who's one of the better teams against, um, against tight ends. So it's not necessarily the best matchup for that. Now, moving, moving on to next, the next story, part of this may actually play in Dwelly's favor because quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo is expected to be sidelined indefinitely with the high ankle sprain. Um, the 49ers feel he needs time to rest the injury that has bothered him since week two. Nick Mullins took over for Garoppolo on Sunday, went on to throw for 250 yards in the, over the last you know quarter and a half and for two touchdowns. So, I believe he finished the top 12 um, quarterback with that third and fourth quarter. Yeah, I believe so. With with garbage time because they were down by so much. Yes, I oh, believe no. garbage yeah. time gave him a <laughs> gave him quarterback 12. Yeah, they kind of piggyback a little bit back on the roster situation. Um Nick Mullins is prone to targeting his tight end. 
um, since he's been playing any of the games. And the game that Kittle has already missed, that Dwelly did go four for four for 49 yards um, in that game with a 20-yard run. So 20-yard pass after the catch. But that's the biggest thing with that one. So he's going to see the target. Shanahan does use the tight end no matter who's in there. Because we've seen big games from Jordan Reed as well whenever Kittle was out. So again, again, might not be the best matchup, but if you're deep diving, he's definitely someone to keep on your radar. Nick Mullins, um, I'm not even sure he's going to make it through the game. Because you never know. Because he, he's a very streaky quarterback yeah. that we've seen. Um, some days he looks like he's can be a starter in the NFL, and some days he looks like he should be the bench backup behind C.J. Beathard, which happens when it's uh, <laughs> not. So you never know what you get with that one. So it's definitely someone – when we do get to the rankings this week, I'm not going to be particularly high on him, even if the matchup was good. Yep. And we're looking at about a six-week timeline from what I've seen from um, Jimmy Garoppolo's miss. So he's going to be starting for a while, or maybe he's going to split with C.J. Beathard. It's just an unpredictable situation um, with that going forward here. Yeah. Uh, moving on, the ja- uh, the Jaguars coach Doug Marone says Minshew will likely be inactive this week. Um, I saw what was it? I think it was actually on on Yahoo. Yahoo. Okay. While there, I know a lot of people don't necessarily like Yahoo's platform. You got to admit they can be kind of funny at times um, with their with like their player descriptions. Um, let me see where was it? Oh, it was on. I think it's actually on the app, um, where it said co- uh, the the actual player description for the day was that uh, Jaguars coach Doug Marone said Gardner Minshew quote with the thumb won't play Week Nine against the Texans, and it actually said on the app. Let me see if I can find it here. I believe it said. Um, that he was going to miss because of his thumb, and what was it? What was it? It was. It was. Oh, there was something else here. Let me. I'm going to pull it up. I know we're going to have dead air here for just a second, but you'll all get over it, or I could just keep talking as I look for it. Nope. Okay, so I'm going to have to search him real quick. Am I in? And who knows? It might not still be up there, but uh, yeah, thumb slash scapegoat out for week nine <laughs> is what they said. So um, basically, basically just saying, yeah, they're gonna blame this all on on him. So he's going to uh, he's gonna be uh, the scapegoat for everything that's going wrong with the team when it's probably not his fault in the first place. And but so he's Jake- also honestly trying to tank at this point. They're trying to up their pick because they realize they're pretty much out of it yep. and go into Jake Luton, who didn't even throw for um, three thousand passing yards in college during his senior season. I don't think it's the right way to go, but uh, maybe see what they have in them. They had hit fire with Minshew for a minute, but I'm pretty sure this is like kind of a way to like ease the Minshew mania out. I'm speculating here, but and to go into more of like a different route where they can start getting a higher pick because they were selling off players all offseason, anyways. That's true. So and the biggest thing with that is what do you think is going to happen with the pass catchers that's in, a, in the run game? That's the thing, especially for um, especially for DJ Chark. That's, I mean, who was, you know, when he was healthy, when he's healthy, has been really well, been you know, top 15 wide receiver most weeks, or at least close to it. Um, yeah, I, when it comes to having a, a rookie like this coming in, it really makes me uneasy about the quarter, uh, about the wide receiver, especially in my rankings where we're getting graded on him. Um, yeah. So I, I feel like we've seen a lot of it this year, though. Like a lot of these, like quarterbacks, kind of coming into these situations, like Nucci this past week, um, and we're trying to like guess 
who their favorite target's going to be. Yeah. And we have no idea. We were wrong on Ben DiNucci, that's for sure. How many <laughs> just targets saying. did Gallup get last week? Like 13, I think. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it could end up being DJ Chark, Keelan, Cole. It could be so many different variations of players. Um, with that, the only thing that we might know about the most is they might see an uptick for James Robinson's run game. That's true. They might want to kind of ground and pound the ball and hopefully, like, ball control as much as they can. I mean, James Robinson's playing the three down role, anyways. I believe Chris, Chris Thompson's pretty much obsolete in that offense, which is surprising because I was actually pretty high on him going into the season based on his potential we've seen before in that offensive role with the head coach. Um, but yeah, so that's why that's the only I think usable fantasy asset this week because we even saw with uh, going to Tua Devonte Parker, who some of those hitting consistent top twenty weeks, plummet to two catches. So it's a, yeah, it just so happened that one of those for Parker was a touchdown. Correct. Yeah, so which kind of salvages like the week to an extent, but he still finished under ten fantasy points, so not really helpful for your team. No. Um, moving on to okay, so we we were talking about this a, a bit last night. Um, as well, and kind of mentioning this earlier as we were going over kind of our waiver wire pickups. Reich, Coach Reich of the Indianapolis Colts said that Jonathan Taylor has a little bit of an ankle issue, but it didn't come up during the game, something Reich learned after the game. He's got a lot of bit of vision issue. That's, <laughs> that's what I saw watching some tape there. And I was super high on Jonathan Taylor coming into the season. I thought he was like a great college prospect. Yeah, coming out coming out of Wisconsin with all that, but um, he was outplayed by Jordan Wilkins. Like Wilkins just looked better, so I hope his ankle's hurt for his sake. Maybe that's why he didn't want to cut laterally and want to run back into the offensive line seventeen times. It was like borderline Trent Richardson status vision, <laughs> and like I hate saying that because I'm really high on the players. So I just hope his ankles bother him, not for like him as a person, but like. To make sense of the situation. Yeah, to make sense of it. So, um, I think we got uh, two more here. Uh, Lions wide receiver Kenny Galladay is expected to be out this week and will be considered week to week going forward with the hip injury sustained yesterday. Sources say he'll have more tests, but that is where it stands as of this morning. Have you heard any more about what's going on with Kenny Galladay? See, I have not heard anything more, but one thing we do know is that Mohamed Sanu is trying out for the team this week so that's i would have reads to me that he's an eligible for ir candidate um so i assume i'm guessing three to four weeks is like just a complete guess based on what we're seeing otherwise you're not going to bring someone in like muhammad sanu to try out for the team if you think Gallaudet is going to be back in a week or two yeah you have to kind of figure that out because you don't think you want marvin jones marvin hall to be like the only guys there um that pass catcher is going through um it does see an uptake for hawkinson which is good to see because he's having a really good like breakout campaign in his sophomore season, but it's really poor to see. I believe it's going to be a three-plus week, and I would not be surprised they put him on the short-term IR. Okay. Um, and last but not least, Kenyon Drake is unlikely to play this week, but might not be out very long. According to uh, Cliff Kingsbury, uh, it looked more severe than probably what is going to end up being. Hopefully, he really made good progress. Not great for all those people that made sure that they picked up Chase Edmonds, but with how Kenyon Drake has been playing, even if he comes back, I wonder how much mobility he's going to have and how much better he's going to be playing. That because he he was not playing that great this year at all. Oh no, he was playing horribly this year, especially everyone's expectation. He was a round one, round two pick, like late round one, early round two for most people. 
um, in their fantasy leagues, and he just has not lived anywhere near that expectation. I mean, Chase Edmonds will look good. This is going to be a true test to see if he can hold up for the workload. I ex- probably expect at least two weeks, maybe a little bit more for Kenny Drake, and if he does, he gets eased back in. But in that time frame, that's when Drake took over and won the job from David Johnson last year. So the team is willing to move on from a running back, and Kenny Drake does not have a long-term contract booked. He's literally signed for this year only. Yeah. So it would not surprise me if like Chase Edmonds, this is his time to prove it. Uh, I believe he has the ability to. I'm pretty high on him. I mean, I know I'm starting him in a league this week um, but that I have a couple of buys going, but I definitely would probably be in my top 15, roughly, I'm guessing right now. I haven't looked at my rankings yet, but regardless of the situation, top 12, top 15. Yep. All right, so that is it for the, uh, the headlines for this week. We are about to jump into our waiver wire madness, and oh, man, I don't have the – maybe I do. Nope, I don't have the bid on here. Our little, our uh, I'm still working on. Now that we've got two people on the podcast, I've got to edit all my slides and everything on this because I've had to fix it. So we won't have the little, you know, waiver wire madness going. So there, I just did it for us. That works fine. Yeah. <laughs> Look at you. There we go. So, um, real quick before we get started with waiver wire madness, again, I want to make sure we we give a shout out to um, our title sponsor, Doctor Squatch Soaps. Again, I've I've mentioned I mentioned these guys basically every podcast. I absolutely love their products. Um, if you've seen their their um, their ads on Facebook, they're absolutely hilarious. Um, but I, again, the products are great. I love them. All natural, basically practically homemade soaps here in the USA. Um, solid product. You feel great, clean after after you're done with a you know your shower or whatever. And they don't just do soap. They do. Um, they do, let's see, they have toothpaste, they have a, a shaving bar as well, plus they also do shaving accessories. Um, they've got colognes, body washes, shampoo, they've got a ton of products. Make sure to check them out. Again, when you do though, make sure to go to, when you go to checkout, use the, the, uh, the promo code uh, SKS20 and you will get 20% off of any orders over $20. So again... Go to DrSquatch.com, check out their products, use at checkout, use the promo code SKS20, and you'll get 20% off of any order of $20 or more. All right, so we move into the waiver wire madness. And, and as I mentioned before, this is an ugly week for the waiver wire. There's not a whole lot out there. But we are going to go ahead and start with the quarterbacks. And... On, okay, so here's the list on Fantasy Pros in terms of the quarterbacks that they have listed as possible candidates for the waiver wire for you this week. Now, the way that Fantasy Pros does their list that we get to make our rankings from is they do it as a flat um, overall consensus ownership below 50% across ESPN and Yahoo. What I do is I actually go also into Yahoo because that tends to have a lower um, ownership rate than ESPN because uh, I, I don't know why, honestly. Oh, well, ESPN has a lot of dead leagues. They're more prone to have like leagues just kind of exist uh, and like okay. float there in limbo. Um, like a lot of leagues and that. That's what I've noticed with the stats on ESPN. Just awesome. That's why a lot of people use the Yahoo because it has the least amount of dead leagues, quote unquote, um, in the industry. Sweet. That's good to know. Um, I don't know. I just I refused to play on ESPN. I did it three years ago for the second year in a row, and that was the last time I was ever going to do it. 
when I had three weeks where the the ESPN servers went out 20 minutes before ga- before rosters lock. That was it for me. I I, I played it for a single year, and I was like, let's find something else. Now it's like sleeper. I have like a Yahoo and a, a flea flicker. So. All right, so the, here's the list that they have on on Fantasy Pros for us. Kirk Cousins going up against Detroit. Drew Locke going against Atlanta. Nick Foles at Tennessee. Phillip Rivers versus Baltimore. And Daniel Jones at Washington. The only game of those that I really like at all, I kind of lean a little bit towards Drew Locke at Atlanta. Um. And then I'm going to add on one again because he's he's rostered 42 percent of leagues on Yahoo. Is Derek? My favorite is Derek Carr going up against the the Chargers because Derek Carr has had a very good season so far this year um, overall compared to to most seasons in the past. Um, and so because of that, I, I I again the the Chargers are giving up points everywhere. In terms of in terms of what they're doing, so um, I I think that for my my favorite is Derek Carr, but again he's not on the fantasy pros list. So well, Derek Carr was picked up a lot for the matchup this week, so that's something probably why the list is not as high. But he played in like the Wind Bowl game, so he kind of um, was downgraded by us throughout that one. Yeah, but that's probably why his ownership is a little bit higher than normal. He was dictated as a solid streamer going into this game, and then of course he had a bad week. But if you're paying attention and listening to everything we were saying, or a lot of people were saying um, about the way the weather was supposed to be with the 25 month plus mile an hour winds, you would have downgraded him or found a different option, hopefully, with that. But yeah, I totally agree going into next week with that matchup, um, allowing Drew Locke to basically walk down the field and win the game there at the end. The Chargers bleed points to the quarterback. So it's definitely one I would, um, I like a lot going in there. I have um, Kirk Cousins, honestly, the highest besides. Derek Carr, just because I think it's a good bounce back game for uh, versus Detroit for him to have that. Because Detroit's another team that gives up points to the wide receivers. Um, currently, Kirk is only averaging 16.13 fantasy points a game, but coming off a bad matchup, he has those great weapons out there with Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen. Um, Drew Locke is the wild card for me on there, and I agree the matchup is very juicy, but it depends what receivers are going to be available for him to really live up to. Like, I think Drew Locke's a player that lives up to what's around him. It doesn't create on his own. Yeah. So that's what he, I've seen. He'll so. need, he'll need a healthy Tim Patrick. Yeah. Uh, he'll need and and, a, and a healthy, um, Noah Fant. He just won't target him in the red zone. He'll he'll, he'll, he'll get this one, t- one, uh, reception Alberto. Yeah. That, uh, yeah. that burns you. So. <laughs> I'm not bitter about that. Okay, background on that. I had a lineup uh, in fantasy uh, in the fantasy pro. It's the fantasy pros uh, DFS contest for this week, and I was in second place and dropped to fourth because in a matter of two minutes, the two guys behind me had DJ Dallas and Brandon Ayuk both score touchdowns. And I was left, and I had I had I, I mean I had DK Metcalf, uh, Justin Herbert, and Allen Robinson, which Herbert didn't even target Allen Robinson for like the last half of the court, last half of the fourth quarter, um, and then Noah Fant. And so as the Denver Broncos are charging down the field, score a touchdown. All I want is a touchdown to Noah Fant to put me back up into second place, and it didn't happen. So finished in fourth, but still I got 
I got paid on that one. So, all right. Um, yeah. I, again, you're you're right. Drew Locke's kind of a wild card. It kind of depends on what he has around him. So I like Derek Carr uh, this week, and, and I can see what you're saying about, with that, about Kirk Cousins. Yeah, Drew Locke um, definitely did really well this week versus the Los Angeles Chargers. We can definitely put up points on that side. They allowed Drew Locke to score over 20 fantasy points when he was averaging about, I think, 12 before that. I can look it up really quick. Let just me, double check. Overall, Drew Locke is averaging. I'm trying to even find him. I got it. 8.09 going into the week between weeks one through seven. Yeah. And they allowed him to drop 20, 20.82 this week on that one. So something to monitor, even though you think that car might become off a bad game, this is definitely a um, really good spot on a team that's going to put up points, whether it be playing catch up or trying to keep up. Um, I think car is definitely a good streamer. All right. Moving on to the running backs. Um, the list that I have, which again, I mean, there's a, a long list on, on fantasy pros. So I mean, you'll see if, when you go to the website um, after listening to this podcast, you go to, um, SkullKingSports.com. You check out our waiver wire rankings, which will be posted. Um, there's a list there. Again, we're going to be adding a couple names to this um, here in the podcast. But I, again, I don't. <laughs> it's not great. DJ Dallas is probably my number one. Again, that all depends. Again, on if Chris Carson is going to play. Um, we know that. Carlos Hyde was doubtful for this last week and ended up not playing. He's dealing with a hamstring injury, so I'm I'm figuring he's probably again leaning more likely to not playing this next week against Buffalo. Um, so DJ Dallas is, is my number one, and then the guy that I'm couple guys that I'm adding to this list are Damian Harris and Jamichael Hasty, who in Yahoo are rostered at 47%, 42%. Both have I mean both against teams that bleed points to running backs green bay who's bled points to not just to dalvin cook but to other running backs that aren't even as i mean what was it uh david johnson scored a touchdown and had 70 or 80 yards against against green bay so um and damian harris going up against the new york jets again another team that that bleeds points to to the running back position and the other one i'm adding on is naheem hines but it's not a great matchup against baltimore yeah, the um, biggest thing with those are, though, two you added on to are probably the most important one to look for. They won't be on fantasy pros. They're not eligible for us to list them. So if you're basing your way for ads on that and you wonder why these people aren't listed, that's why. We can't we physically can't add players to those lists. We have to go by those rankings and adjust to it. But if any of the San Francisco running backs are available, I can even throw McKinnon um, in there as well as an option for that one. Even though Tevin Coleman got the first run, he did bang up his knee a little bit more, so I doubt he's going to be playing on the short week. So it's going to be pretty much be the um, Jermichael Hasty in majority of the workload and the McKinnon added in who can break off a big play with that. Um, Jamie Harris looks like he was the guy this week. He got the most carries, looked good with them too, um, which was surprising because he was a little banged up going into the game. So I think he's pretty much going to be the main um, ball carrier. But again, with the P- Patriots um, offense, it's a worry about whose week is it. Yeah. Um, we, we never know when it's going to be like a Rex Burkhead taking the load. They're, again, they don't care about our fans teams. At all, they care. They're trying to do the best to win the games that they have, and whatever things going to be put in the situation, whatever the game plan is. So, um, that's something always to monitor with that. Something to think about with the um, both name Hines and I'm going to add in Jordan Wilkins here. Yep. Um, piggybacking with the whole, uh, we'll probably get more clarity on Jonathan Taylor this week because yep. if they weren't aware of an injury and now they found out about an injury, they're going to be um, working on that in practice, figuring that out as well. 
Jordan Wilkins did get 20 carries this week, and Naeem Hines did catch two touchdowns going through. And Phillip Rivers is known to be targeting the running backs. I think Naeem Hines is the better chance of having a good week. Whereas this past week, James Conner still scored 13 and a half fantasy points. You can get going against um, Baltimore, but I still think the more desperation plays. If you're, if let's say your team is, you have Miles Sanders and you have Cream Hunt both on by this week. That'd be someone you can plug and play. Yeah. Um, sorry, I'm looking at, at at a couple other things with some of these running backs. Um, you know, another a couple guys are going to be listed. Uh, Gus Edwards, um, the matchup just isn't great going up against Indianapolis. I understand they were able to run against you know the Pittsburgh defense that's been very good against the run. Um, Indianapolis it has been a top you know a top three defense most of the year as well. So I I just I'm not. He's another one of those guys that I would rather take a shot on DJ Dallas or you know or possibly Neheim uh, Hines. I mean, someone uh, look for that too with the Baltimore. Look for J.K. Dobbins. See if yeah. he's available. He's someone. He got sixty-six percent of the snaps. He outsnapped um, Gus Edwards during those games. He didn't get those many carries, but he definitely did more with what he had. And he was definitely the one on passing downs as well. So something to think about with that one is look for J.K. Dobbins first. If you're getting desperate, I would definitely um, recommend going the other two. I think J.K. Dobbins also has a standalone, but also has a stash value as well because. Um, that's the biggest thing with that one going forward. We don't know what's up with Mark Ingram and his injury. Yeah. Uh, real quick, I wanted to because we we mentioned um, we mentioned Damien Harris. In your opinion, is James White droppable? I think he is. Yeah. Okay. His workload is so unpredictable. I mean, the only way you unless you're in a full PPR league and you're like running back desperate. That's about the only way I can consider it. I could not consider starting him. I, there's no upside with not James right White. Now, isn't. Yeah. So yeah. he's not, the, he's getting older. He's used a lot different than he was used. Definitely Tom Brady. You have a completely different quarterback in there with Cam Newton, who's not known to target the running backs throughout his career going forward. And Bill Belichick plays the players he has. He builds teams around that. Yeah. So, um, I, I think James White's definitely droppable. Uh, again, unless you're in a full PPR league that, you're just completely desperate at running back. You got know, that same mindset of having that cream hunt, Miles Sanders. The problem well, is James White over the last over the last four games. So week four, a bye in week five, and then week six, seven, and eight, he's had a grand total of nine targets over four games. It's just, I mean, it's, it's it's not his normal workload, but with all the pass catchers being. Um, out right now with uh, Julian Edelman, you could see that uptick happening because obviously what they're doing is not working. Maybe they'll rescheme, but again, we're it's a desperation play. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've I, I think that James White in ten and possibly twelve team leagues, if it's not full point PPR, I mean ten t- ten team leagues, he is very droppable. Um, I don't know why selling your team in ten team league. There's plenty of better options. Well, that, that, again, that depends on how deep the benches are and and, and what the you know and how how uh, well scoured the uh, the uh, waiver wire's been. Because I finally just dropped in this last week. Um, all right, so moving on to the wide receivers. He's not on the list, but again, because of where we have him, uh, because of using uh, Yahoo, also, 
I think your number one is going to be the same as mine, Corey Davis, uh, 48% rostered in Yahoo. Um, and then for me, kind of other guys to throw in there, Sterling Shepard, uh, rostered 49% across both Yahoo and um, and ESPN going up against Washington. Marvin Jones at Minnesota, he's 49% rostered. Tim Patrick, again, that's another one if healthy. Um, I, he's one of those ones, he's only 19% rostered, so he's likely to be still available as you get closer to the end of the week if you want to wait on picking him up to make sure that he's actually healthy. Um, and then another one that I was I was happy to be right on this last week was Jacoby Myers because he was the only healthy wide receiver for um, the Patriots. Uh, finishing with 10 targets this last week, 10 targets, 6 catches, 58 yards, didn't get into the end zone, but going up again, going up against the Jets defense that, you know the Jets are just bad. There's no other way to put it. So, um, Gase says they look great in practice. Okay, huh? Adam Adam Gase tells us they look great in practice. <laughs> so why don't they work out on Sunday? The New York Jets, uh, yeah, give up the tenth most amount of fantasy points to to wide receivers, and so um, I think that I think that there's at least a decent floor for Jacoby Myers in deeper full point PPR leagues. So. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree with the Corey Davis take at the top to go over that one. Um, he's better when A.J. Brown's on the field. Yep. That's been shown throughout every week. The three games, A.J. Brown has got eight targets, ten targets, ten targets. Because a lot of it, I don't think he can handle, like I've said this before, I don't think he can handle a Batman role. He's a great Robin. I think he's, like, he's at the softer coverage, working through the um, defense's focus more on Johnny Smith and um, E.J. Brown with that. So I think he's just a great pickup right now. Over the past few weeks, every game with um, AJ Brown has averaged over twelve and a half fantasy points. I think he's a solid wide receiver, two three, anytime he's on the field in pretty much any matchup. With that, certainly Shepard, I think an amazing game tonight for what it was. Um, being back, he's had the ten targets tonight, eight catches, uh, very good with that one. Daniel Jones, I wish he looked as good on that last drive as he does the rest of the game. Pretty much, so I want to see him do that, but he's not doing the like he's doing the last drive with that. Um, Marvin Jones is a matchup-based play. Minnesota is one of the worst um, pass defenders in the league. Has been shown through and through. So one of those deep play threats going thing. Um, some players I want to bring up to talk about, and I'll go back to Chobin Myers here in a second, yep. is uh, look for Alan Lazard. He might not be back yet, but he's definitely um, available out there. And if he is back, he is the number two on that offense. Yeah, and if, and, if, and if both Lazard... And and Adams are back. That takes even more targets away from Robert Tanyan. You just hate Robert Tanyan, don't you? <laughs> I'm, um, I'm I'm tired of people crowning him the next the next Gronk or the next when he doesn't baby get the Kittle. target share for it. Um, the thing about Jacoby Myers, the only thing I worry about that one is, is we've seen a few players in that offense get ten targets, like Demir Bird, early on the season was getting a majority of the targets. Um, I've had some deeper leagues where I had to flex him. That's the only reason I know that. Because I was like, who gets targets? And I just grabbed him, getting eight-plus <laughs> targets a couple times. Um, but that's something to be monitor is it changes game to game with yep. the Patriots. Jacoby Myers, I think, is a great player. I've loved his tape. Uh, I think he can become that possession guy. But um, that's something to monitor going forward. A few others that I want to bring up for stash possibilities. Jalen Rager came back this past week. He is going into a bye. But he's someone that I would consider holding through the bye if I have the roster space. Or if you have some IR spots you need to fill, and you have this open spots and your waiver wire is depleted, he might be out there. Someone to look for as well. 
Yeah, the only again the only other name that I would add that I would add on top of that, which I mean, if you if you are in a deep enough league where you have to go this route, I'm sorry, <laughs> but if um, if Jamison Crowder misses again, Braxton Berrios is going to be a target hog. Again, this last week he had eight catches on ten targets, but it only went for 34 yards. So, in in f- deeper full point PPR leagues. I think that Braxton Berrios is a guy that you can add in a pinch if Jamison Crowder is out. I totally agree with that one. He's been a player that literally just fills in that Crowder role. Yeah, He has no role on the team when Crowder is playing because he's, he's either benched or he's inactive. But he definitely flows right into that slot position. Crowder averaged about 13 targets a game, and then Berrios gets about 9 to 11. Yeah. So this, Adam Gase just literally is like throws to the slot receiver. No matter who is in that position – he will throw it to the slot receiver. I don't know if that's a Darnold trade or a Gaze trade. I think it's more of a Gaze trade based on historical data. But, yeah, he's someone that you could definitely, in a pinch, full point PPR, definitely someone you could get away with this week if if Crowder's out, of course. Okay, quick question. Uh, we we didn't mention him. Um, what are your thoughts? Is this McCole Hardman week, was this just the – the one week where it happens that he ended up taking over the number two role and he'll be back to, you know, two or three targets next week. Watkins should be back next week for all, everything we were seeing, everything was Watkins should be back. And when Watkins is on the field, Nicole Hardman is not going to be as targeted or on the field. He's still at any point in time is a one play guy. So if you need that, like I'm, I'm facing a juggernaut in the league. I need somebody that's going to maybe catch an 80 yard bomb. He's someone you can throw in and be that guy but going forward i don't see the target share that he got this week they were just passing and beating down like they have not done the whole season and he was getting the targets and they didn't need to use anybody else there's so many variables going into that factor for him now this week but with sammy Watkins coming back i think he slides right back into his normal role normal target share and there's just not as many targets to go around where me needs to have that one big play to make it happen so i don't think it's going to continue as long as sammy Watkins is out or yep. sammy Watkins coming back in i mean and and I, I I can actually tell you exactly which weeks McCole Hardman's going to go off. It's the ones in my deeper league where I bench him. Oh, okay. That's so the you're... week where McCole Hardman's going to go off because I benched him this week, so he went off. See, I had the, I had the juggernaut matchup in that one, and I just tossed him in there, and he definitely <sighs> swung me over to win by that little bit. But that was like, and I wasn't banking on him. I'm just like, well, he he has the ability to do that, and if you're staring down that team, just like you're hit with injuries and they're not. And you're just like, well, this guy can get me there. If he has that one or two big plays, and he's that big play guy. One of the fastest players in the NFL. So you can run anything to the house, a deep bomb and Patrick Mahomes. Again, we know is the best quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking at the, the league that I sat him. Yeah. For 22 points, sat yep. him and Jacoby Myers and played Braxton Berrios and Leonard Fournette. So did, you, did you have Barrios ranked higher than Jacoby Myers in your rankings last week? Yes, like one okay. or two spots. Again, uh, the only reason curious, for yeah. that, the only reason for that was again because of Jamison Crowder sitting. So mm-hmm. I had, I'm pretty sure I had Barrios right around, I think 32 or 33. Again, simply because I knew he was going to get like 10 targets. You were, you were the Jacoby Myers guy this week, so I was just curious, yeah, like how that worked out. Uh, yeah, and again, Barrios was a was a last minute pickup. Again, mm-hmm. only because I have Jamison Crowder and he missed the week. So, all right, let's move on to the tight ends. 
And again, this is a tight ends are always a wasteland every season. Once you get to this point, you already know who the top guys are and who they aren't. And it's just a matter of matchups. There's one top guy left now. <laughs> you want to keep saying that. Okay. Um, so, yeah. Okay. So the top guy that we have left, Eric Ebron. Um, and really, the I mean, the matchup plays so well this week, too. Going up against Dallas. Um, this Pittsburgh offense should just eat this next week. I mean, every team is trying to eat against um, Dallas this whole season, so I don't understand why. So there are going to be a lot of high rank. Philadelphia, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, Philadelphia didn't. Yes, but um, that's just Carson Wentz can't hold into the football. He can't throw the football. Period. I he might not be the best quarterback on his team the way he's been looking, but that's a story for another day. With that, um, but the thing, the thing about Ebron, he's getting the targets each game he's each game he's playing he's getting enough targets to make it usable in fantasy i believe he's averaging about five targets a game and he's good to drop one or two so we'll save three to five receptions because his hands are made of stone but where targets come fantasy points with that especially against the dallas defense that besides dallas goddard has let fantasy points flow to the tight end position in every position with that one. Well, yeah, and I think the I, you know going back to this last week, the reason that Dallas Goddard I think struggled was again he had just come off of IR from a broken foot was a broken bone in his foot. He came back early too. He came back. Yeah, came back two weeks that, earlier than everyone expected. Yeah, so I mean it doesn't surprise me he didn't have a great game. I didn't have him too high. Yeah, Philadelphia. Oh, sorry, I'm looking at Dallas really fast. I'm trying to look at their average points here. Yeah, Dallas is giving up eight point nine average fantasy points. That's with the Dallas Goddard game. In there to the tight end, so yeah. I believe that should be bumped up more often than not with that one. But yeah, it's definitely a smash play with that one. He's definitely the best streamer pickup of the week. Yep, above anybody else we have on the list. But we definitely have deeper names on the list because if you're in a league with me, I already have Eric Ebron, so you're <laughs> not gonna be able to get him. Yeah, I, the other names to, to mention are obviously with the George Kittle news. It's it's the Jordan Reed slash Ross Dwelly. Um, Again, Jordan Reed has he's been activated in terms of the twenty-one day window to come off of IR, but has not officially been activated off of IR yet. Um, and so, if they figure that he's if he's still not quite ready, then Ross Dwelly obviously is going to get the work. If if Jordan Reed is ready, he's going to be the one to get the work against Green Bay. Now, against Green Bay is one of the better teams against the against the tight end. So it's not like it's a great matchup. Yeah. I mean, honestly, if I was, if um, we knew Jordan Reed was going to play, he would be my number two pickup, which is what we're talking about right now. Ross Dewelly probably bumped down a little bit lower in the rankings based on matchup. I think Jordan Reed can play through a matchup based on his ability, even though he's probably going to only last a half, but he'll catch a touchdown or two in that half because he's due to get another injury, unfortunately, with the way his career is gone. Yeah. But... With that, when he's on the field and he's the guy, he is the guy for the amount of time he's there. So I think he's still a usable piece. With that one, definitely a streamable option. But again, we have to wait to see more information on that. Because I would put Ross Willie behind the guys we're going to talk about next. Yeah, and the, the next guy on here, obviously, Logan Thomas. Um, again, he was getting more targets uh, with, with Dwayne Haskins. But 
since then he's aver- he's I can't even say he's averaged four targets a game. He's gotten, he's gotten four, four targets, targets every single game since. And since then, when when he has a good matchup, he has played very well. This next week, he goes up against the New York Giants. Again, not the best matchup, but his targets have been very usable. Um, and so, again, because of you know the ownership percentage, which right now across ESPN and Yahoo is what fourteen point six percent. This could be if you know a deep streamer type possibility for you if you need someone. If you're fighting with buys or you have a deep streamer, often you need someone to go with. He's getting four targets down from his about eight. He was averaging versus Wayne Haskins, but the quality of targets have gone up significantly with Kyle Allen. That's really hard to say because Kyle Allen is not the best, most accurate quarterback in the NFL, but he does do well in that intermediate part of the field. He made Ian Thomas a relevant player last year, and he has not been relevant pretty much this whole season. Yeah, with that, so it's something to look onto. So those four targets, I'm probably you can jot them down for two to four catches a week, and hopefully one of those falls in the end zone with that one. But he also has the athletic ability to break one of those off into yep. a big chunk play. He's one of the more athletic tight ends coming in originally as like a, um, a wildcat running quarterback yeah. um, with that. So he has all these ability to work with that. So get the ball in his hands, see what he can do. If you need a big play, he's someone that you can throw in there as an option. But no, you're not getting a high volume play. It's kind of a very volatile play. All right. Anyone else that you've got listed that you that you like at tight end for this week? I mean, there's no one I like, but <laughs> okay. Is there anyone else that is a you know if is a desperation dart throw? I mean, Dalton Schultz is who I see as a desperation dart throw. Not a good matchup. No, the matchup's terrible versus Pittsburgh. But again, if you're deep diving for some reason, you're in a league where everyone has two tight ends. He might be out there and available, even though it's some of the higher percentage. But the biggest thing with him is he's getting the targets. I believe that Dalton should be back this week from what we're hearing from everything. Hopefully. And I hope he is. What's it? Hopefully. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. If he's not, that actually bumps Dalton Schultz up to me. Yeah. Um, because when that intermediate part of the field, Nucci just kept either targeting Gallup or Schultz. Gallup or Schultz. Gallup or Schultz back and forth. And even then, he was already getting a pretty high up target. So that's the way the offense runs is a lot through the tight end. Jason Witten last year was a tight end 12. Yeah. And Jason Witten's basically in the grave. So... That's one of the biggest things with that one that he's going to get the targets. He's the, he's like the opposite of what Logan Thomas is right now. Logan Thomas is you get four targets and he could break off a big play. Dalton Schultz will probably get around six to eight targets and fall down a bunch of times. All right. Uh, Should we even cover? I mean, we normally don't even do this. I mean, in our rankings, it doesn't even provide defenses uh, for us, for us to rank. Is there a defense that you like as a streamer uh, this week? Let me actually pull up. Actually, pull up defenses. I mean, anybody playing Dallas is a streamer, but Steelers are already owned in most leagues. Yeah, th- yeah. St- Steelers are like the number one or number two defense. Yeah, so, so it's like uh, the biggest thing is that one. Um, Arizona might be interesting. The Cardinals versus the Dolphins too. It did not look great. Um, they they have possibility of being available in the league and. Patrick Peterson could catch um, an interception or two to kind of get those points there. So that might be a matchup to target if you're kind of in that desperation area. Uh, here's here's an interesting one. The Washington football team against the New York Giants. Oh, that's a big target. Yeah, I like that one a lot. They're, yeah, they're only 17% rostered because they had the bye week this last week. So I think that would be a, a really good one to target if you're, if you're needing a, uh, if you're needing a defense – 
I think mm. that's probably my favorite one to target. Um, I would say Houston against Jacksonville. I'm just not sure. Again, Houston yeah, hasn't sure. been a very good defense, but they're going up against a quarterback that we just we're not sure about. But they do give up a lot in the run game, and so James Robinson could have a huge game against them. Yeah, I think I think Washington is probably um, the one I would say. I would order those three, probably the Washington, Arizona, Texas, um, in that order because going to the Washington game, if you get the pass rush on Daniel Jones, he's going to make mistakes. He made mistakes tonight, even though um, the Bucks are a great defense, but even when he looked good, he looked bad a lot of times throughout that game, and he's due for about one to two fumbles a game if he's under pressure like that. So it's definitely ways to get those fancy points in if you're um, running those defense. And then, like I said, I think the Cardinals can have a good game versus Tua. He did not look good that game. The game was won by defense Yeah, in there. And I would I think it was 48% of his passes went to the running back or like towards the running back. So Gaskin was getting like a lot of the um, passing workload. So he's not throwing downfield. He's going over checkdowns. And if they try to open it up, um, because they're probably going to need to against the Cardinals because they're going to get ahead on them pretty yeah. well. And that one I, with Hopkins and uh, Kyler coming off the bye. I think that that's one to target as well. Then I would say Houston because that's just going against a rookie quarterback, a six round pick. So, yeah. well, it was it was it going back to Miami? I saw something where the 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 defense really did everything for Miami in that game. One hundred percent. Um, the I want to say this was the first time since like two thousand six or two thousand seven where a team outgained another the the other team by over 300 yards and still lost because the total yards for the Rams was 400 they had 470 yards of total offense and the um and the the Miami Dolphins had like 160 yards of total offense yeah well they passed the ball 61 times in that game um the Rams did so and one third of those targets went <laughs> Went to Cooper Cup. And he's still only 11 catches. Like, Goff was not good at all in that game. He's Goff high is ball. not good. I think we're finally, I think it's finally getting to the point where it it doesn't help that their their pass protection is not great mm-hmm. because he's a bit of a statue. And if they're not, if they don't give him the time, he's not going to be able to make the throws. Yeah. And something in the monitor, actually, with the Rams, that's actually a good segue with this one, is uh, Daryl Hens did get banged up a little in that game. So something to keep an eye on if you want to stash someone like late in the week, let's say um, that you have an open slot or you have someone, you know, you're going to drop, you can probably see what happens with cam Akers. Yeah. As I would definitely wouldn't recommend picking him up now to stash, but if like late in the week, you need something to drop and have something there that could be something to look forward as we get more details on what's going on with uh, Daryl Henderson. Yep. All right. Good show. Yeah. All right. Um, any other any other thoughts for uh, for the week, or at least until we do a? We're probably going to be doing a, another show on Friday, and this time we'll actually. Now we've actually got this down, where I've got the right settings and everything, so that everything can be heard. We yeah. will probably be doing a sleepers and bus show Friday to post either Friday night or Saturday morning. So, cool. Yeah, I'm super excited about this week. It's it's a um, an interesting one to see rankings with a lot of the shifts in quarterbacks once again i feel like we've been dealing with that all season is every week like a quarterback gets hurt and we have to literally try to play a guessing game on which receivers are going to do what 
X, Y, or Z. But I do like a lot of the matchups coming in this week, and I'm um, really I think it's really clear on some of it. And then um, I just gotta get my deep dive in on what happened this week. So I'm really excited. I always like doing the rankings. So yeah, I, I'm I have not liked doing the rankings the last couple of weeks. Um, but again, that's also because my ranking accuracy has not been all that great. So I'm hoping this week uh, turned out a little bit better. We'll we'll find that out tomorrow. Nothing rejuvenates you by being except for being number one in fantasy pros. That'll make you real happy to rank. Yeah, let's <laughs> do that. Well, even for me, just you know, right. when I finish in the top, when I finish in the, because I, I had was it, you were number one last week. Yeah. Two weeks before that, I think I finished number ten. Yeah. And so I was like, I was ecstatic because that pulled me up all the way to like number 22 or 23 overall. Yeah. And since then, I've dropped down to number 50 overall on the season. So, yeah, I'm hoping to build upon my 26 right now because I had that big, I dropped to like 61 with that bad week. Yeah. And I was like at two or three the first three weeks of the season. So, all right. Well, again, cool. hope you guys are able to get the guys that you're you're looking for on the waiver wire. Uh, we will be back, like I said, in a couple days, most likely to do our sleepers and busts show for uh, week nine. We are now halfway through the fantasy football season. That's crazy. It's going too fast. It is. <laughs> well, I'm just happy that we're actually having a season, considering how many people yeah. are like, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. The NFL made it happen. Let's hope it finishes off. That's, <laughs> That's true. Let's get, let's get through the fantasy playoffs and the real playoffs and see what happens. So I, you, okay. And I'm going to throw one more thing on here. I usually don't do this in the show, but because, okay. because of everything going on, make sure because this is going out on election day, make sure to vote. I'm going to say this over and over again. I don't care who you vote for. I don't care if you vote for Biden. I don't care if you vote for Trump. I don't care if you're Republican, Democrat, independent. It is a, it is a privilege in this country to be able to vote and to not be forced to vote, but to have the opportunity and choice to vote. I encourage everyone to take that and use it. Um, again, I don't care who you vote for. I'm more. I'm always for public discourse and for and for the the sharing of ideas, no matter how much you differ. I don't care who you vote for. Go vote. Let your voice be heard, um, and take ownership. Of, of making choices in this country. So there, now I've gotten political, which I never do on the show. But uh, there we go. So, uh, again, this is uh, this has been the Skull King Sports Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Ryan Skullrude. I've uh, been happy to have uh, CJ Krause with me again tonight. Uh, we will be back later this week. We'll talk to you later. See you. Hey, Skull King Nation. Thank you for listening to the Skull King Football Podcast. Did you like this episode? If so, be sure to go to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and YouTube to subscribe. Also, please leave us a rating and reviews to let us know how we can better help you rule your leagues.